This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere. In the mix. This is SDC World Music Radio presentation of the SDC Digital's 2023 World Top 50 Artists. 57th year anniversary of programming worldwide in music excellence. Thank you for listening. bumper music and this is what I gotta tell you before I so show number two prelude show number two and number one is already out there and this is the countdown we're still working on the countdown the show is gonna be broken up in four parts now this is the second part coming up to when I was in high school this 
This is Dead Radio. This is one of the first groups I've heard in that transition radio. Okay? This is about when I was in eighth grade, maybe seventh grade, eighth grade. And I'm KUTY Radio. This was the song that played. Check this out. Got enough money and got me a little transistor radio 
little plastic thing you can put in your pocket. It was slick, too. One transistor. But, man, I could pick up all these stations, you know, late at night. Go outside and just lay out on a blanket out and watch pitch black, dark, and watch the stars dance around. With no houses around, you know, we didn't hear no streetlights, but watching the stars are incredible. So I pick up the station, like I said earlier in the in the last show, was out of you know Oklahoma City, you know, Tacoma, and I'll be darn. About nine o'clock at night, lying in the grass, they play "Please Be Mine." And it was like, wow. First of all, I never heard nothing like that in my life. Later I'd find out it would be Buddy Holly and Bobby Fuller 4 and every other band that Merle ever did. I mean, it's like these guys cracked an egg and just like are just like the boot, you know, wow, and they blazed the trail and then everybody just ran right past these guys. But it wasn't fair or wasn't fair. I don't know. But basically I digress, but not so anyway, so my first year in high school, my first year in high school, I'm a freshman, you know, I'm listening, like I said, Mary Wells and Merle Fankhauser, Merle in the Exiles, please be mine. And so I'm, uh, so the fair, the Antelope Valley Fair, the annual thing that was pretty hot. Back then, man, they used to have rock and roll bands. We had our, like, Teen Town. Man, every band in the planet would come out there and play. This is my first year in high school as a freshman, and I was at the Antelope Valley Fair. You know, 1963, summertime, ending September. Coming into September, it was August, right before school starts. So anyway, we're sitting out watching these guys, you know, watching all these bands go through. You know, a lot of bands. I mean, oh, let me name a few who was on the stage. Let's see, there was a group I loved called the Double OJs. They were out of Sun Village, Palmdale. Man, they were pretty good. I liked that group. Ronnie... And the Pomonas. Of course, out of Pomona. Oh, uh, let's see who else. Oh, they had some guys. Oh, they had these two guys. One guy with a beard and one guy that liked to play harp. I think he played harp over there. They were called the Omens. And rumor has it, well, heck, it ain't rumor. These two guys would later split 
one group would become Frank Zappa's Mothers of Invention and Ruben and the Jets and on the other side would be Captain Beefheart and his magic band. We'll get into that a little later. But anyway, so I'm bopping around watching these guys play, you know, Teen Town stuff, other groups, you know, Velvetones, Young Guys, Chevelles. And then, oh, like I said, man, it was everybody. Rudy Martinez, his grooves, the question mark and the Mysterians, all kind of crazy stuff like that. But anyway, this is out in Lancaster, man, out in the boonies, man, out in 1963. So anyway, so the star of the show was getting ready to come on. And, and, I, and these guys are dressed up and slick. They came out and they cranked right off with their smash hit record, Please Be Mine. The girls went berserk. There must have been about, oh, I don't know, thousand of us out in front, just standing out in the cow pasture, and these guys on stage. A wave blew past me. I was like, oh, not that far from the stage, kind of to the side, but directly I wanted to see these guys because I'd heard them on the radio and I heard them and when they hit that note and started playing I went oh those those guys man from that Tulsa and the local station and then so man next thing you know, I made my way up to the front and I turned around to position myself and here come these wave of women screaming your heads off just going berserk and they hit the stage and Merle and them and Jeff Cotton and you know, all those guys Greg Hampton and Jim God, I forget our boy Jim's last name anyway man they're trying to hang in there and the stage is just being shaken the girl trying to climb on top you hear all these whistles blowing and it's like a wave coming to the stage. I mean, a wave. And the next thing you know, L.A. County Sheriff's, man, all of a sudden, it's a wall of these guys, man, just come out of nowhere. Man, and the next thing, they're running across the stage, and they're just pushing people back off the stage. And Merle and them just kept on rocking. And then after they played, I go, man, you know one wish. I go, man, I got to. Man, I gotta meet these guys. But by this time, I got pushed out, pushed out the way because they pushing the crowd back. So I found myself back on the outskirts of the gig. But man, they tore the house up. You hear the song "Please Be Mine" that I just played. It's it's unique because you hear it in the way it was basically recorded. But if you heard it live with all them Standell amplifiers and stuff that we used to play on and boxes and all that stuff man that stuff is deep and it works hard all right so this so in high school I, I watched Merle and the exiles 
So, you know, two, three weeks later, I'm a freshman at Alma Valley High School in Lancaster. And before I knew it, you know, you get assigned your little... Well, we had lockers back in our day. You kids now can't even have nothing. But we actually had these nice, beautiful, full lockers. When you throw stuff in it, you could get inside of them things if you could. But I wouldn't suggest it. I never did. But anyway, making a long story short, next, the young lady beside me in the next locker, her name was Linda Fankhauser. Now, Linda and I kind of became friends. We just started talking. And, but we, we would never never really, really talk, but we actually started talking, you know, hey, how you doing? That kind of stuff. And so, like, it's about maybe three, four weeks into the school year, you know, we're into it. And, and one of the gigs I had was, like, if I had any extra money from throwing newspapers or cutting grass or whatever, i go buy records at our little uh what was it uh, our thrift store what was our store up there oh it was was it five and dime i think whoever had it scott somebody's walden's and then we oh clips cliffs roars record box yeah that's where i'd buy records at so anyway just one day I, merle's record is just blowing the house down i mean it's numbered like number three at K-U-T-Y and top ten and, and stations all over the place and they're talking about it and you hear about it and then next thing you know it's on television with American Bandstand and all kinds of stuff's going on with this record in Merle Nick's house from Palmdale. So anyway, I go, okay. Uh, wow. You know, so... Anyway, I go to the store, so I end up buying two copies. I had another friend that was in my, it was in my English class. Her name was Cindy. And we started like the same music. So we didn't have any tape recorders and stuff back in the day. Like the kids, they, you can't copy them. So you end up buying like two copies. So anyway, I ended up buying two copies, two forty-fives at a $1.12 a piece. Don't seem like a lot of money then, but you figure that now. That that same forty-five single cost like seven dollars and ninety-five cents, maybe eight bucks now for a single. So anyway, so I buy two singles. So this one day, I'm in my locker, you know, and I pull these singles out that I got, and lo and behold, this young lady next next door to me to the large she goes what do you got there and I said oh I got two records of this band I saw at the fair she goes why would you buy two records I went well I'm giving one to my friend because I like it so much there ain't no way to duplicate it so you have to buy two copies and I laughed she goes god what a waste of money and I went why would you say that? She goes, hmm, I'll tell you one of these days. And then off she went. So anyway, 
things popping around and so just one day bands start playing at would play at lunchtime at our at, at our school at Antelope Valley High School I mean they'd set up a full blown band and we're like from 11 o'clock to like 12 or 1030 to 1230 man we'd, we'd have once a week so then we'd have full blown bands I mean you'd have a captive audience of about like five hundred students man just gathering around on time they catch them right in the middle of both swings of, and it was man it was like we'd had all the young up and coming stars that was the first time I met Merle Finkhauser I he, they, he was he and the group was playing. They didn't have on their fancy jackets. They just had on some jeans and stuff, you know, t-shirts. And they set up in the in the cool school cafeteria, right outside of the rotundra, like that kind of went out to the open space. And they played, got mobbed again. And I and after they were packing up, after the bell rang and it was at the end of their gig. I walked up to him and I go, hey, you guys, I got your record. And the guy looks at me and goes, you got it? I go, yeah. He said, I bought two of them. <laughs> and he looked at me and goes, you bought two of them? I go, yeah. He gave one to my friend. But this young, I said, hey, this young lady next to me in my locker, man, she thought I made a bad mistake. And I started laughing. And then by that time, I turned around, and there she was coming up right up on me. I go, oh, that's her. And he started laughing. He goes, that's my sister, Linda. I go, oh, wow. Okay, Linda. Linda. Linda cut records too. We didn't tell nobody. I got some songs on Linda. I'll play some of those things that we did all at Glenn Records. But anyway, Merle told me that was his sister. Anyway, so anyway, we started carrying Linda's books to to the to the class next door to me as we walked down the hall. You know, those guys we used to do in the sixties. It's funny. Loved it. So anyway, I just said, hey. I'd really like to go meet them sometime, you know. He goes, she goes, oh, she goes, they'd be practicing tonight. They practice on Wednesday nights or Thursday nights. And to me, that was cool. After football practice, I'd head off down down the block, around the corner, down the way, and go watch the boys play, practice in the garage. And that's when I... I was getting there so much it was kind of crazy I became like part of the family I became like a fixture around the place and before I knew it Merle invited me to go to the recording studio and this is one of the first songs that I had an opportunity to actually put my fingers on the board it helped set up the microphones and the drums and man it was exciting this board that Glenn MacArthur had built from Radio Shack Allied 
radio parts. The throwers, I mean, there was pods. Big old board. The thing must have been about, ooh, seven, eight feet long. About three, four feet deep. And he had dials all on it. Man, it looked like something out of Frankenstein. But that thing was smooth. Ooh, that man really knew electronics. I swear, he built everything by himself, hand-built. And we'll get into to, uh, Glenn MacArthur and Glenn Records at, at another time. But right now, I, I, I digress. So anyway, so in the studio... Hanging out, have to hang out with Merle for a long time, and the boys and Jeff Cotton, all these guys play around. So we're in the studio, and like I said, this is my first time checking out what's going on. And like I said, hands on, everybody had to work, and I loved it. So this was the first song that I had an opportunity to help work with recording. And it's supposed to be, I hope it's the right one. I see it here at number 65 on the chart list. And it should be Send Me Your Love. Let's try it out. My girlfriend left and went away. Not a word did she say. And I'm so lonesome every night.
This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere. In the mix. Well, so my days in the studio was numbered. A long number to go on for my whole entire life. I fell in love with studios. So there we had Send Me Your Love. My first time in the studio turning knobs and setting up microphones. And when the record was pressed, and he... Every time I hear this song, I, I see myself, man, moving the microphones around. And Merle's inside his cockpit of an F-15 fighter jet. That was a locked and closed space. And, but, man, that studio was magic. So, anyway, as time goes on, I get to my first concert. This is the first concert I ever went to in my life. Uh, in my little after school band after Merle and them got married and he decided to move out so I had, had really no place to hang out anymore. So I basically started hanging out at Glenn's house at the studio most of the time doing crazy stuff. But anyway, we started our bands and one of the guys that taught me how to play guitar, play how to play bass, was Paul Martin Kovic. And he and his brother John, they had a band. First their name was called the Tell Stars. And I caught them at a gig, like at Jane Reynolds Park. They're a great cover band. They covered all the all the big hits of the day. You know, they were a great cover group. Paul didn't believe if he couldn't do it perfect, you couldn't you shouldn't record. And he was Mr. Perfect. Me, I was sloppy. I was garage band, store bought, second hand material. Sloppy, crazy, and he thought I needed some discipline in my life. So, with his, with his, you know, driver's license, dad let him drive it away. So, father let us go down to Los Angeles. They got us some tickets to the Shrine Auditorium. These tickets must have cost like $5.50, maybe $7.50. The Volkswagen and the, we had the, we call the Nazi footlocker, pardon you guys, but our, which is a great B-dub, our, our bug, I mean, actually our bus, that was the, that father drove around when we went to play gigs and stuff. So anyway, so down the LA we went to go see this group or several groups at the Shrine Auditorium. So when we get in, place wasn't really that. Pack is like half full. Half full. You know, 
But like I didn't know none of the bands there except oh one or two bands. Let's see. Oh, BB King was on the set. Yeah. And I think he played last. But I met him first at the corner of the stage. But something else is going on. The Yardbirds. And it was a couple other bands that were hanging out there. And the craziest thing about this, this was the beginning of the end of a group. The Yardbirds. This was Jimmy Page's final and last performance with the Yardbirds and Keith Thrill and Jeff Beck was on the stage for the first time as the lead guitarist of the Yardbirds and I met them both he met Keith Thrill great people man but we was right up front. <laughs> right up front. Like I say, wasn't nobody really there. This is in L.A., man. Like, nobody really was there. But, you know, because, I mean, the Shrine Art Tournament holds, you know, I think, what, three to 5,000? You know, you call a whole bunch of folks, you know, upstairs, downstairs. But anyway, so it was like half full. And we got great seats because it was just like, find a seat <laughs> you know back in the day so anyway so we're up front and this so and I didn't realize it till years later what had happened because I really wasn't into these guys that much and I should have been but like I said I was new to the music business I I mean I just this is the days I was just starting to experiment what music was all about and really kind of wanted to get into it so on the stage is Jeff Beck Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page is leaving, and Jeff Beck's coming in, and Keith Ross is telling everybody, in this is the last gig for Jimmy Page, because he's leaving, and he's going to go in another direction, he's got another band that he's going to be hanging out with, and he's leaving us, and this is his last gig. Jimmy Page, okay. Hmm. Who's that guy? Eh, somebody else we'll get into. So anyway, we're at the show at the Shrine Auditorium, and we're going to play what some of the music from that day. And this is one of the, I think, the last songs of the show that they played. This is a great tune. All of their songs are great. Anyway, from my generation. Here we go, guys.
This is Kenneth Howard Smith's SDC World Music Radio presentation of the SDC Digital's 2023 World Top 50 Artists. 57 years of programming worldwide in music excellence. Thank you for listening. Gonna do this time. Well, remember that time after we came back from the Shrine Auditorium? I had to do a lot of practicing, okay? I'm not dead yet. I mean, all of a sudden, I really got super inspired. So, one of the young men that I just happened to be in class with, I was a freshman, but he was a sophomore. He was a drummer. His name was John Farr. And he was the drummer for a group called The Founders. This guy was great. I mean, I love him a lot because one of the things he would do, a newfound friend, is take me home with him and teach me how to play drums. He had a drum set. He was with this really hot rock band. He was one of the other groups that played at the Amos Valley Fair. And their group was really popular. Super popular. The Bounty. really can't really forget those guys. I don't know why I did. But anyway, John teach me drums. But anyway, I digress. So I remember back at the fair, I was telling about the, the one of the bands that was on stage called the Omens, and they split. Well, we're going to hear the two splits. Now, believe it or not, for you younger kids, you won't know who the heck I'm talking about. For you older kids, you'll go, oh yeah. So we're going to start off with one when the, when the band broke up, they went their separate ways, and they didn't know where the heck they were doing after that. So we're going to start with the first band that I, that, you, that split, but used, they used to hang around Pink House. All those guys used to hang out together. We really weren't no enemies, you know, everybody barred everybody. They had a gig going on, man, they'd grab you in a minute. To go help fill a hole so you everybody played with everybody over a period of time so anyway here i am so the band split up and like i said where we all we eventually started hanging out is roar's music box and merle had a recording studio in the back of it too of the music store and we would cut demos down in LA down on Hollywood Sound and Gold Star and all those places and I swear we'd come back to Roar's Music Box to play our songs let Merle play them on the big system and see what the heck they sounded like so this is the omens when the group split up and went their separate ways 
this is one of the first pieces of product that came out on the market and Ruben and the Jets is, is what the band name is but they're also known as the Mothers of Invention or they're also known as for example off in Lancaster California and Antelope Valley and these are some of the guys that grew up so the Omen split up and this is side one <laughs> Split up. The omens went one way, and you just heard 
Reuben and the Jets from Mothers of Invention. So Lancaster guys. So anyway, one band went one way. And then Don Van Vliet took his band and he went the other way. And this is, I'm going to tell you a quick story about this record here. Their band would play, well, like I said, they would play at the high school and everything. John French and everybody. And they'd play at the high school and in all the other little places. So anyway, like I said, Merle and them, they had a studio in the back of Roar's Music Box. So Merle would be cutting demos like crazy back there. You know, this, I think it had a little small two-track, four-track. But it was just demo, garage stuff, just lay some really nice stuff down, get an idea what's going on. And one of the songs that Don and his boys cut, he loved old blues, man. He loved this Holland Wolf thing, I think. Yeah, Willie Dixon, whatever this thing is. And they cut it there in Lancaster at the Roars Music Box in the back with Merle Fankhauser being the engineer and stuff. They took their demo down to L.A., and uh, to A&M Records and they got a record deal they re-recut it down there at Gold Star Studios and I was happened to be at the record store that day when Don and them had come back they had just got out the highway we didn't have a freeway back then and out there in Lancaster. Well, we had Highway 6, I think. Oh, Sierra 6. I don't know what it is. 14 now. I think it's called 14. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, they, Don comes in and we're like, he'd already called and let us know he's on his way back. And they liked what they had done. And they came back and they had those first discs. They were just, you know, just acetates. That's all they were three of them I think and I mean we so we had this big old Merle and them in the store had this big old nice system Macintosh amps and man the sounds are just absolutely incredible so anyway through the disc on, on, on the turntable This is what came out of the speakers. This is exactly what came out of the speakers. Just like this. Did he want it? 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 Did he want
Howard Smith's SDC World Music Radio presentation of the SDC Digital's 2023 World Top 50 Artists. 57 years of programming worldwide in music excellence. Thank you for listening. Fifty-seven years of programming music excellence. This is SDC World Music Radio presentation of the SDC Digital's World Top 50 Artists for 2023. Thank you for listening. I'm back. Yes, I am for this last few minutes. I'm going to continue on. This is part two of oh, the prelude show. So anyway, we left the band that split. When when Don M and Merle put on their disc at the store, blew the socks off everybody. And all of a sudden, everybody in our neighborhood looked at each other and it's like we never thought about it before but all of a sudden we have to start going hard er I mean cause I mean we like the doo-wop type stuff and the real you know super pop but man Don band man they just like turn the tables on everybody so anyway the record hits it's on A&M distributed by RCA everybody record just goes everywhere goes everywhere the album comes out safe as milk 
goes everywhere. John Lennon is apartment in, in his flat in London. On his on his refrigerator, there's a shot of him and him and his wife before Yoko, and there's safest milk, man, on the refrigerator front door of John Lennon's house. This album went everywhere. Blew the socks off of everybody. So all of a sudden, you know, being with Paul and everybody, you know, we loved it. You know, I mean, our group was called the Tell Stars. Well, we decided to change their name to the Clouds. And I always said the clouds went that away. We got harder. Started doing harder stuff. Got away from the popcorn stuff. And then that's when I left them to go start my own band. Purple Olive. And I was never good to be a great artist ever. I was never, ever, 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 ever going to be perfect, Mr. Paul. Martin Kovic, but I love you so because you taught me how to play. You made me, you gave me a job. And I got a chance to make a living out of it. You taught me the keys of a bass guitar. All kind of little crazy stuff. Thank you, brother. And I did well. So anyway, so I joined the group. We created a group called Purple Olive and we're in the studio cutting all kind of stuff in our little garage band. So we go down into Glenn MacArthur's Palmdale studio because he has an Ampex 4 track. And we could do multi-tracks instead of doing it all at once. You could actually split the track up and do a couple of things back and forth. So anyway, this is what I did being hard. This is our first record. Being hard. You know, after Don Van Vliet and Captain Beefheart and all this stuff, and all of a sudden, turn the tables and everybody, so we decided to write something. And I wrote this song for Mary Beth Brodison and our group Purple Olive. And the song really didn't come out till really much later, but I mean, everybody kind of knew it. It just kind of laid low because I ran off to the military and did my time so I really couldn't get nobody to push my stuff but anyway this is me going hard after the last song you heard with Diddy Wah Diddy with Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band and this is our first song after leaving the clouds going hard <laughs>
SDC World Music Radio presentation of the SDC Digital's 2023 World Top 50 Artists. 57 years of programming worldwide in music excellence. Thank you for listening. This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix.